Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on our second straight glorious victory week as it was a classic FCS versus FBS game where Penn State got the twos in early in the second half and dominated just as much as the ones in a 63-7 to victory. We actually covered the spread, which ended up coming out at 42, I believe, Dave. 42, 42 big ones. And we would have covered our fake spread of 15 to 55 points that we would have taken on this one. I loved seeing the twos play just as well as the ones in that matchup. People are going to say it was, you know, an FCS opponent, but it was still, you know, 19-year-olds, some freshmen dominating. 22, 23, like a lot of those guys were transfers, senior transfers. So there's a lot of, you know, younger guys dominating older men. And I love to see that. So the future looks bright. Like Elliot Washington, Tony Rojas, King Mac, uh, our Philly boy, Jamil Lyons getting in there. That huge crushing sack. That was big sack. Dude, Mark, <laughs> Mark was getting absolutely abused out there. I felt bad for him at one point. Just like give throw a block, somebody like he's just getting torn up out there, man. But overall, I was totally satisfied. Delaware went under on trick plays, under one and a half trick plays. Who would have thunk? Good thing I didn't put any extra money on that. Or it almost felt like Delaware was just happy to collect the check and get out of there. Like they weren't throwing in any sort of wrinkles, like any sort of dynamic to their offense it was just like all right we're gonna run the ball we got a six-yard touchdown i think they finished with like 58 what is it yeah 58 passing yards six of 17 like that's not a team trying to upset a big fbs school that's just a team trying to get a check and get out of there healthy yeah, and with your depth coming, I mean, I they went as far as they got some threes in there towards the end of the game as well. We had a little bit of Jackson, Jackson Smolik action. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him towards the end. I think Bo ended up subbing back in for him, but able to get him some some game time action. So that was cool to see. But, yeah, I think, I think from listening or reading the transcript from Franklin's presser, I think they got – I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 75 to 82 different guys got into that ball game. So That's a lot exciting. of guys got some opportunities. Um, they were able to get some guys out early. I think Olu, they got him out pretty quickly. I think he only had about 32 snaps. Uh, and Franklin mentioned that it uh, wasn't an injury concern at all. It was just they they want to protect him for the home stretch and – Get him out and get some other guys some playing time. Like Drew Shelton. Drew Shelton, yeah. Get, some other yeah. guys. Died Bill Rusher, Shelton. The last shout-out I want to give is to Amari Evans catching a touchdown. My freshman breakout star. Picked at the beginning of the season. Um, Any concerns, Dave? I was going to say the kick situation, but I think my only concern was really the edge rushers again. Just not getting, um, not getting pressure. Again, second week in a row where you you would expect them with that kind of offensive line mm-hmm. undersized to kind of break through some of those double teams, but didn't really see it that much against Delaware. So we kind of need those guys to step up. 
Yeah, I think definitely that aspect. Again, those are guys that we've seen that can produce. Uh, so hard to label it as a concern, but it definitely is a call out these first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So would like to see that change, especially this weekend in the Big Ten play. Hard to find a lot to complain about. Uh, it's nice to see that we just absolutely – I know it's an FCS opponent, but the fact that we just absolutely drub them is always good to see. Don't mess around at all. Um, two straight weeks where we've scored a touchdown on the opening drive. Uh, so that's always good to have in your back pocket. Um, really the only two things for me are one special teams, not related to the kicking, but Caden Saunders, who was my, uh, pick for a breakout wide receiver on the offense this year. They have him at the punt returner spot. Haven't seen a ton of flash there. We'd like to see him become a little bit more of a game breaker, uh, and really just breaking some tackles and breaking and changing the field. Um, yeah, there was some shiftiness, but he, yeah, just some breaking shiftiness, tack- but breaking he's not really getting anywhere. Next, yeah, the next level to that, yeah. And then lastly, on the offense, I mean, Drew, again, just solid. My only kind of revelation was I would have liked to see them air it out a little bit more, take some They're, deep shots. They were uh, running they were, such a weird defense, that three three five really. Yeah. I mean, you're running five D-backs, you know? So I think the way you're, you're such kind of, eased him in with uh those little like jump screens to theo johnson kind of just attacking the interior a little bit sort of opened it up but it's hard to it's hard to go deep when you have five d-backs just prowling you know it's hard they were definitely just taking what the defense was giving them but uh i guess for me it's just having that nice shiny new toy back there you just want to see the, yeah. the gunslinger air it out but uh-huh. uh we got we got plenty more games to be able to see that I totally agree, and like you said, we are about to head into Big Ten play, so let's go around the Big Ten, a.k.a. around the trenches. Trenches on three! One, two, three! Woo! regular gas! We run diesel premium only! The hut! Hut! Voice cracked on the snap. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. He played with them. Yeah, so big news breaking out of Big Ten land. Um, breaking, breaking. We were done done with the coach firings once the season started after the Northwestern scandal with Pat Fitzgerald. But uh, staying in the Big Ten West, Mel Tucker, uh, after inking that Big Ten-year $95 million contract after that 11-2 2021 season, Fired uh, for sexual misconduct allegations with Brenda Tracy. A number of statements have come out uh, since these allegations. Apparently, this is something that has been trying to be pressed for quite some time. Uh, Ultimately, you know, when you're that that big of a coach, you got that kind of contract. You don't want to be messed around with that type of stuff. So. Michigan State, uh, who over the last couple of years have had a lot of promise, are now searching for some answers after they had a number of guys leave the program uh, this summer, notably Keon Coleman, who's doing big things with Florida State, Peyton Thorne, uh, who had left as well, their QB. Now their head coach is gone. So yeah, uh, not a good look for Michigan State, um, and they're going to be on the hunt trying to find uh, his replacement here throughout the season. Yeah, just – absolutely disgusting on his part i be- aren't am i wrong on this are the allegations against like the sexual misconduct like coordinator of the team i believe so yeah I she's mean, also a like, sexual dude, yeah misconduct that's just like kind of that's advocate, some, but yeah 
That's some sick. Don't want to be messing around with that. That's some sicko stuff right there, like yeah. double jeopardy sicko stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of our conference, you sicko. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll stick with the Big Ten West woes. With number nine Wisconsin, we were singing their praises last week. Ended up losing their road game against Washington State, 31-22. The Pac-12's turning up against the Big Ten in their final season, kind of showing, hey, we might belong with you guys over there when the uh, the big moving comes. Mm-hmm. And then Illinois lost on Friday to Kansas. So the Big Ten West is looking dreadful as always. We only got one more year of this, though. Only one more year of these stupid freaking divisions in the Big mm-hmm. Ten, which make no sense whatsoever. Not going to go into my rant, but we're going to be done with it after this year. Other news in the Big Ten, number two, Michigan beats UNLV 35-7. Don't cover for a second straight week. <laughs> I knew you were going to be pissed about that They one. weren't already. They're, they're even more dead. If you hear some water going on in the background, I don't know what, I'm in my basement right now, but I don't know what the hell's going on back there. <laughs> Sounds like a flood's going on. Um, go to Ohio State. They started sloppy, uh, same as last week. But, again, too many offensive weapons and the best front four in the Big Ten, which allows them to uh, plentiful bounce bountiful defensive schemes and fronts because they can only rush four and then drop have exotic blitz pack bits blitz packages that was a struggle of, of a note to go through <laughs> but i do have a confession to make i think that's why i struggled through that it goes against everything i believe in but you'll see right below it. i'm going to throw it up on the screen i have a 40 dollar bet to win, I think, 1500 for Marvin Harrison Jr. to win the Heisman. Oh, you dog. I know, I know. But I also I, I have Nick Singleton, I have Drew Aller, I have Penn State to win Big Ten. Like, <laughs> that was my only... Yeah, I felt bad putting it in, but I had to. You just need someone from the Big Ten East in New York at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In our Big Ten betting bonanza battle, it was a thriller. Purdue took down Virginia Tech after their fierce comeback. Just a, looking back on it, that was a dumb, dumb, dumb pick on my part. Boiler up, baby. Boiler Actually, up. dumb pick. And in the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy, Iowa held off Iowa State. Game was an absolute poop fest. I watched some of it and just, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was too poopy for me. So that will be around the trenches as we get into Big Ten season. The Nittany Lions head to Champaign, Illinois to face the Fighting Illini noon Eastern on Fox. Penn State is 14 and a half point favorites as of right now. Over under is 48 and a half. Dave, how are we feeling about this game? Feeling good. Uh, it'll be, I don't know if you call it a ruckus environment in Champaign, but they're attempting their copycat of the whiteout. They're going to be doing an orange out. At noon? So, at noon. 
So fans can get to the game out of the tailgate lots by then. Stadium should be all orange. Theme of the story here is this is, I believe, the eighth straight season. Penn State will be opening up Big Ten play on the road. And I want to say it's the 13th time in the last 14 seasons. So a lot of frustration there on the Penn State front. As a premier Big Ten East school, they want to be starting off Big Ten play at home. But unfortunately, that's somewhat out of their control, I guess. But feeling good here. Like like you mentioned, Illinois got knocked off by Kansas last week. Kansas, uh, Lance Leipold has that program on the up. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of good players there. That was a good. tough game in Lawrence, Kansas. Not a hostile environment, but anytime you're playing on the road against a Power 5 team, it is a tough game. So encouraging for Penn State to see that Illinois wasn't able to hold up there. They also struggled week one against Toledo. Yeah, two-point really, win, right? Two-point win, last-minute field goal to knock off yeah. the mighty Mac foe. Against Toledo, yeah. Toledo. So overall, I'd say I'm feeling good. I like the way that the offense is clicking. Like I mentioned before, opening uh, opening up the game fast, fast starts, touchdowns on opening drives in both games. And I think it's uh, I think they're well prepared from their opener against West Virginia. They're going to be going against another mobile quarterback, so I think they're better prepared and they'll have some better schemes to be able to contain Mr. Luke Altmyer as we get into the offense. But uh, overall, feeling good. I saw a uh, a graphic. I think it was during last week's game that Penn State has the longest active streak in the FBS with that with nine consecutive games of 30 plus points. Oh, pretty astounding. And guess who's second with eight ACC team? North Carolina. Florida State. Oh, eight straight okay. games with 30 plus points. Interesting. So yeah, Penn State FBS leader. That. That's pretty sweet. <clears throat> Going all the way back to last season. You look at where we were just a few years ago or pre-2017, pre-Joe Moorhead. It's good to be in that position now. We'll take it. Yeah. So sticking with their offense, I got two guys starred on the offensive line, trench warfare. On the left side, strong side, two seniors, both 315 pounds. The left guard, Isaiah Adams, is 6'5", 315. Julian Pearl is their left tackle, 6'6", 315, both NFL prospects, but they did lose two starters from last season. So something to look out for on their offensive line. Hopefully, chopping Adisa, Denied and Asadin can get it going against them. Uh, anything on their weapons? I know they have – the wide receiver group is, like, really good this year, which is kind of like a flip for Illinois because usually their running back room is the – the go-to yeah to round out the rest of the offense their main targets isaiah williams the junior 510 185 pound junior number one big season last season 82 catches this year already up to 11 catches 150 yards hasn't found the end zone yet but he is a game breaker former so quarterback a, too yeah a good so. first uh good first test for uh, Kalen King and Johnny Dixon. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so they haven't really been tested thus far. So it'll be interesting to see how they are able to contain them. I feel confident that they will. The other wide receiver weapon that they have is Pat Bryant, another junior, number 13, 6'3, 200 pounds. 
seven catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns this season. So most of their attack, I would expect to come from the air, combination of air and a little QB mobility, like I mentioned with Luke Altmeyer, who is actually their team's leading rusher with 139 yards. Most of that came off a 72-yard scamper last week against Kansas. Makes sense. Their, their running back, uh, Reggie Love, tough shoes to fill from last year with Chase Brown. Big season, uh, very productive back off the NFL, obviously, now with the Cincinnati Bengals. Their, uh, their, their rushing attack is something that Penn State should be able to contain. After all, the defense has only given up, I believe, 3.6 yards per carry so far this season. So continuing to maintain that status quo and not letting Illinois' running game kind of find their traction and become unhinged. Think really is going to be the key here, and then can, along with containing Isaiah Williams, for sure. Um, that wide receiver group, yeah, going to be a test against Cameron King and Johnny Dixon. I think they're up for that test for sure. I'm interested in seeing how the linebackers handle this run game because I don't know if you remember the last time we played them, 2021. Don't remind me. The freaking Nine, I believe. Nine overtime game. 16-16 after the third overtime. Like so they ran this formation called they called it the barge formation. Seven offensive linemen, two tight ends. So that's nine guys in the line of scrimmage, quarterback, halfback. That's your that's your offense right there. They ripped off 357 rushing yards against us last year in that game. Mm. And our biggest weakness, I would say, biggest weakness in the chain would be possibly the interior of the defensive line. So if they go back to that barge formation, I mean, could be a long, long day if the linebackers and interior defensive line don't step up. But I have all the faith in the world that they do. Yeah, I think it's something that they've definitely watched film on that they'll be prepared for. Could call it concerning that we haven't seen them step up yet. But again, it's just that type of thing where you just have confidence that this team, this year's team's a little bit different and they're they're going to be ready to go, especially when you're talking about your Big Ten opener. Would be hard-pressed to expect them to come out and lay an egg and just totally be unprepared and get bulldozed like we saw in games last year, like you mentioned the 2021 game and last year against Michigan. I think this defense is just too well-equipped, too much talent and the coaching staff with the continuity. I would be absolutely shocked if they allowed something like that to happen again this week. Yeah. I keep using the word concerned. It's too early in the season to call anything a concern. Uh, Just something to keep your eye on. Yep. is, Is more of the phrase I'm looking for. So their defense, they, it's a similar defense to what um, Delaware kind of ran. So I think that game plan of uh, sla- slicing with Katron Allen, dicing with Nick Singleton, those little thump screens, wide screens, I think that was kind of like a preview almost of what we're going to see as an offensive game plan against Illinois as they lost their D.C. Ryan Walters, as we've mentioned, to Purdue. So he improved that defense from allowing over 32 points per game 
in nine of 10 seasons heading into 2021 and then allowed their defense only allowed 21.9 points per game last year and 18.8 against big 10 opponents. So they were firing all cylinders, but lost some huge names in the secondary and lost their defensive coordinator. So their new defensive coordinator is their defensive back, former defensive back coach, Aaron Henry. It's going to implement pretty much a similar 3-4 scheme that uh, Ryan Walters implements. But like I said, lost some big, big players in the secondary, mainly Devin Witherspoon was a top, ten, uh, I believe top 10 draft pick, first round draft pick. Sidney Brown of the Eagles, who's killing it, and another safety, Jartavius Martin. So we could see, again, a situation where they run like a 3-3-5, or we could see they have five versatile linebackers. We could see like an exotic 2-5-4 defense or something like that, like something <laughs> crazy, because they have two junior uh, defensive linemen. The one is a absolute freak. Jerzan Newton, 6'2", 295, first team All-American last year. Six solo tackles and two sacks last week against Kansas. So he is someone to watch out for. And then his running mate, also a junior, Keith Randolph, 6'5", 305. He had five solo tackles last week. So there could be some situations where they line just those two up on the defensive line and then have five linebackers kind of prowling around because they have a lot of guys that are versatile led by senior middle linebacker Tariq Barnes he has nine tackles and a sack on the season and then they have these outside linebackers who can just get to the football Seth Coleman he's a junior four and a half sacks last season and on the other side freshman All-American last season Four sacks, Gabe Jackus. So definitely some names to look out for in the pass rush game. I think our O-line is suited enough to be able to handle them. But like I said, they're secondary. Lost three huge components. So they have somewhat of an inexperienced and small height-wise secondary. Their tallest defensive back that gets time is a 6-1 safety. So I'm looking for my mismatch. I think it's going to be Malik McLean in the red zone, catching two fade touchdowns. Like it. Anything? Yeah, the opportunity to, to air it out this week, or at least, again, more of taking what the defense gives you. As you mentioned, Newton and Randolph, those guys are no joke. They'll both be playing on Sundays yeah. sooner or later, likely next year. But, um, but yeah, so definitely going to be a test for the O-line. I think they're ready for it again. So I think they're, they're well-equipped, well-prepared. Just got to make sure that we're given our time to be able to get that ball out. But definitely a lot of room to uh, create some mismatches on the outside. Yeah, both quarterbacks are under six foot. And the fighting line, I give up 186 rushing yards to that Mac opponent, Toledo, and 262 mm. against Kansas. 
And I believe Jalen Daniels threw for another 270 pull, 267 yards of the air with only eight incompletions. So given Aller's accuracy, he's going to have a big game. But the way they're give, just getting gashed by the run, I think, yeah, like I said, I think Delaware – that those looks are going to be kind of a preview of what we're going to see against Illinois, just with a little more flair. Um, Sounds like a long boy special. Yeah, going to be a long boy special for sure. One more question I want to ask you, because I know Isaiah Williams was a quarterback. So now over under trick plays for Illinois, (laughs) over under one and a half. We can't go over two. I'm going over. I got to take the under. I think that's that's pretty ballsy in, in Big Ten play. I wouldn't put anything past Bielema, but uh, I'm going to go with the under here. I think they run one with Isaiah Williams tossing, and then I'm thinking maybe one in the red zone. Okay. We'll stop them both. <laughs> of course. So, again, that game will be at noon Eastern on Fox. Penn State minus 14.5. The over-under 48.5. And with that, we will head to the greatest betting competition on planet Earth, the Big Ten Betting Bonanza. It is week number three of the Big Ten betting bonanza and for those watching on youtube i got my hater blockers on because i'm blocking out all the haters i'm one in five for two weeks one in five just as impressive as five and one so going over my last week's dud performance again my only win came with that kansas win on friday night over purdue one point on the board. Lost VTech minus three against Purdue. Like I said, dumb, dumb, dumb bet. And then Iowa State plus four versus Iowa again. Dumb, dumb. That was just a pure hatred pick. So one point for me on the season. One and five, like I said, got the hater blockers on. Dave boy. Two wins. Two and one last week. Getting us some rep. Colorado, minus three and a half. Got that easily. Plus one. Takes the Purdue money line. Plus 122. Hits that. That's a plus three. Four points for the kid. Let's go. And then I don't know if he's going to run this back, but he took Michigan again. Minus 36. And they went 35 to 7. So they are 0-2 ATS this season. Dave on the season is two and four with four bonanza points to my one. And that's what really matters is just the bonanza points. So uh, I'll do redu- redu- uh, make it, take it. So you got first pick, my friend. I believe you got three straight <laughs> weeks of first picks. Playground hoops rules. I like it. I'm going to start off simple. Not going to make this too difficult. Give me Lions minus 14 and a half at Illinois. This team's just different this year. The cover Kings through two weeks. 
including that spot spread that finally went up against Delaware. Covered mm-hmm. it, no problem. I think they cover this week as well. Give me the Nits, minus 14 and a half. 14 and a half. 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 Remember that half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to stick with what worked. Oh, no, no, no. Almost just picked the game. I could have waited on. I'm going to take this. Pac-12, like I said earlier in the podcast, trying to prove that they can hang with these Big Ten teams and the Michigan State scandal. Mm-hmm. Washington, Michael Penix Jr., mm-hmm. Heisman candidate. They're minus 16 on the road at Michigan State. I think it's going to be just a 58-3 to game, just absolute whooping. Not even going to stand a chance. I'm taking Washington. Are you seeing 16? I saw 16. Yeah. Minus 16. Weird spread. 16. Need 17. Um, Yeah, I think think Michigan State's done. Yeah, that that Husky offense has just been electric. Throw a little... uh, Dude, Throw a little wage on Mr. Penix. Yeah, I mean, despite, like, hating his guts the first time seeing him because he... (laughs) Beat us on that non-touchdown. Still believe that was, was not short. a touchdown. He, he was he short. Was, he was short. There's evidence. He was short. But I kind of I, I like him. I, I like him a lot. He turned into like a very sick quarterback. Like yeah, rooting for that kid. All right, your second pick. I right, pick number two. I am going to College Park, Maryland. The mm. Mighty Terps did not cover this past week against the Mighty Charlotte Forty ers but they, they are tough game against them. Tough game, NBC primetime game. Weird primetime spot, but I guess not a lot to choose from last week. Going against the Virginia Cavaliers, who are just a bad, bad football team. Actually, have a little wager on Virginia under three and a half wins this year. So they are just a bad football team. I got the Terps minus 15 and a half. I'm seeing that on. Draft I saw games. it on FanDuel. You got me, got me a little got, better line. I got fourteen and a half for you. I will take fourteen and a half. Yeah, gladly. So you got two fourteen and a halfers. Ooh, that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. Knowing this competition very well, me. Okay, so again, I can barely see in these things. I hate your blockers. That's probably why. So many haters. <laughs> I am going to go. Sorry, it's staying so long. I'm going to go with the under in Minnesota against at UNC with Drake May, the Heisman co-favorite with Caleb Williams from USC. UNC is minus eight in that game, which seemed a little weird to me. And Minnesota, their defense is legit this year. Held Nebraska to 10 points, Eastern Michigan to six points. This will be their first true test. I think they're up for it. And I think that game is going to go under its total. 50. 50 on the dot. Like it. 
Maddie totals. I'm taking your taking over your nickname. Uh, now I'm not living up to the nickname. What's my deal here? And I think if Minnesota wants any chance of winning, they're gonna try to control clock. So mm-hmm. Jake McMahon's and that UNC offense won't see as many plays as they normally would. So that's kind of my theory going into that under 50. Old strategy, Cotton. See how it plays out. Got a blindfold on out there, baby. <laughs> Literally. All right. Last pick. Steering away from Michigan. They're done. Not going back to the well. So instead, I'm going to go across the border. I believe they border each other. Yes. I'm going to go to Ohio State. Uh-huh. thought that offense clicked a little bit more last week. McCord looked better. But like you mentioned, your Heisman pick, Marvin Harrison, is an absolute stud. I think he'll tear up this Western. Don't, don't say that. Don't say that that often. Keep, I won't. Keep that quiet. One and done. All right. <laughs> That's my only uh, line drop with that. <laughs> so I'm taking the Buckeyes. I got a minus 29 at home. Yeah. Another cupcake against the Hilltoppers. Last big spread of the year, likely, before we enter Big Ten play. So I am going to be all over that. Yeah, we got a lot of big spreads this weekend. A lot of big spreads. So, my last pick, I am going to do I think that Wisconsin loss pissed them off. Tanner Mordecai's not Looking too great. Mm-hmm. I think they get back to the basics, run the ball all over Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. and get some style points, which they desperately need back. So I'm taking Wisco minus 19. Hopefully they get a 21 point win. <laughs> minus 19. We took some big ass spreads. Sure did. BASs, man. Basses, <laughs> big ass spreads. All right, that will do it for week three of the Big Ten Betty Bonanza and week three of Whiteout Weekly. I want to thank you guys all again for listening, watching, however you tune in. We truly appreciate it each and every week. Matt Martellucci with my co host Dave Barron signing out from Whiteout Weekly. Thanks, guys.